0: Well, welcome to the Equipcast, everybody. My name is Jim Jansen, and I am your host. And I am really excited uh, to introduce you to some new friends today. Uh, I was able to sit down and have a conversation with Sean and Mary Stevens, uh, who started uh, Nazareth Groups. It's a monthly small group that has just transformed the lives of so many hundreds of, of people. It's a fantastic, they just give a fantastic glimpse Inside these small groups and what they've done to be a landing place for people in their parish before and after the conversion engine alpha and some of the other things going on in the parish. Uh, Listen in, They, they talk about this beautiful secret sauce. Of how they've managed to create a home within the larger parish community. So uh, take a listen to our conversation today with uh, Sean and Mary Stevens. Welcome to the Equip Cast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Well, everybody, it is my uh, great pleasure today to uh, introduce you to uh, a conversation here with Sean and Mary Stevens, Sean and Mary. Uh, started the Nazareth groups, and I'm so excited. We're going to have a conversation uh, about these today. Sean, Mary, how are you?
1: Good, good, good. Sure. Thank you. you yeah. Go.
0: yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, our listeners now. We always kind of like start off the same. Tell everybody about your faith journey. Now, just give us kind of like the mini, the mini testimony. When did when did you guys first encounter Jesus?
1: Well, I would have to say that I was blessed to know Jesus as a very, very, very young child. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing grandma and mom, and I can. I can just remember, you know, can't wait for my first communion to receive Jesus, and and then in high school I went to a public high school and it just kinda, I just kind of I just kind of put it on hold. Um, mm. wasn't hearing yeah. much from anywhere about it. Then I went away to college, and I was really struck by my freshman year course. I began to really remember how close I was to Jesus. How I wanted to be a missionary when I was a little girl, and mm. and the end came come back, and I. I decided to major in theology. I was blessed to go to Notre Dame and I had some, this amazing freshman year teacher, group of teachers and for a theology class. Anyway, so I I went on like this, but again, it was kind of still searching a lot. And I do remember when I was 28, I felt like I was struggling a lot, just really struggling. And I remember just saying, Lord, I, I surrender Everything to you. I don't really know you, God, that well. You know, I had this degree in theology, and I was actually teaching. Mm-hmm. religion in a high school at the time and and it seemed like that was where the lord did move in it wasn't a an, an experience at that moment but then I was also in a bible study at the time and these other wonderful women actually a number of non-catholics involved mm. it just really brought me into scripture and into the that relationship with Jesus again too that was very supportive and then then I got involved in um the charismatic renewal I found a lot of people there that were like-minded in terms of their love for their relationship with Jesus and um, really the fullness of, of faith for me. And so I just, I was continuing to teach religion in a high school and it just grew and grew and grew where I wanted to bring this to the kids, high school kids in terms of evangelization. So anyways, that's kind of my story and it just grew from there. Wow. i I, lo-
0: I love that theology degree from Notre Dame. And yet it's his friendship with these evangelicals. It's your own personal surrender. That's like opening the door uh, to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sean, top that. Uh,
2: Yeah. So um, I always had had a love for the Lord, but I see it as kind of loving Jesus from afar. So I I, I always enjoyed going to mass. My mom was quite devout. Uh, My parents were, you know, the catholic parents, where we would find a place to go to mass no matter where we were on vacation and so that was just this is what we did and we all went through catholic grade school high school many to catholic colleges so and i loved reading the lives of the saints but when i was in senior year of high school i did start going to a prayer meeting a charismatic prayer meeting people there talked about jesus like they knew him mm-hmm. i thought i want that and they were very very happy and uh, peaceful and enthused, and the sense of the presence of the Lord was was kind of thick when you'd walk into the prayer meeting. Yeah, so it was really quite, quite remarkable. And someone told me, you know, when you come to know Jesus, you experience the presence of the Lord all the time. I'm like, oh, you're kidding. that would be so awesome. So so <laughs> I, I did me. Make...
0: <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's sad. I, I get it. That was part of my story too, but, but people are like, yeah, the surprise, That we sometimes feel when the Lord becomes a real and personal friend. Yes, Uh, I love it.
2: Yeah. So that was a senior year high school, and uh, it was uh, the surrender was March seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven. You know, my name is Sean. It was on St. Patrick's Day, so I I feel that my my Irish grandmother from Ireland, who died the year before, that her prayers had much to do with the fact that that's when I came to know Jesus. So yeah. ever since, it's like, I certainly date my life to before then and after then it was, it's never looked back.
0: Yeah. Ah, That's fantastic. So I want to begin to kind of open up uh, Nazareth groups. I mean, both of you have lots of experience in the church, right? Leading small faith groups, just, just within the, the church context. Tell us a little bit why you started Nazareth groups and just what what need they're addressing for people at your parish.
2: So Mary, Mary is really, Mary, Nazareth is very much Mary's mary's concept and and she developed the format and because it's brilliant
0: you mean your wife mary or are we talking about mary of nazareth
2: uh i'm mary of omaha uh, mary
0: of um, omaha okay
2: <laughs> my wife Mary.
0: not right just not lost in me this beautiful ministry coming out of homes right called nazareth groups uh oh. started by this woman named mary of omaha <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, well, it, it sort of dates back to I mentioned I taught high school and I taught high school for about twenty years and we did a lot of small groups during the eighties and mm-hmm. what I found was that it got into a lot of discussion and discussion about morality about the concept we were trying to but it wasn't it wasn't really reaching their heart it really wasn't talking about things that are so essential for this other morality and stuff to make sense I thought so I began to think more about how did Jesus teach. How did Jesus mm-hmm. do his small groups? And he really formed community. He lived with these twelve disciples,
0: mm-hmm.
1: formed those relationships. He and it was out of that really incarnational experience grew the spiritual truths, and it and they and they were planted there and they grew. Yeah. And so I tried. I thought, how can I? And being in a school system rather than then a, maybe a parish setting, I felt like there was a very set way of, of kind of teaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I thought, how can I integrate this into these? We were doing a lot of small groups at that time, but how can I really make this into a true community where I wasn't talking about God, I wasn't talking about Jesus, I was talking about the church, but I, we were actually living it. In ex- having some kind of experience mm-hmm. of that community, and then and then being able to talk, you know, and, and bring these truths into it. So it started there. Then I put it on hold. I homeschooled our son, and and after he went away uh, after college, I I started thinking more about these groups because I had forty groups go through, you know, one semester each, and I can honestly say that that forming community versus a small group. Mm-hmm. idea true community I can honestly say that that those groups those classes never failed where it used to be a little bit more yeah. hit and miss definitely it was some groups went well some didn't these never failed and I'm it, I'm not taking credit for it it was yeah. it was the dynamics that were there and it was meeting the needs of these kids kind of like Maslow's you know hierarchy you have to start with um mm-hmm. with like real food and then you can add the other stuff so um anyways, out of that, I began to think about how could this be? Could this be done for adults? We've been in groups over the years, and I began to analyze why some, of the pros and cons of the groups we've been in, and so we tried our own group with this um, for adults, and that was six years ago, and we're still meeting. And then I wow. asked Father Father Mark Nolte if we could. If we helped with Alpha getting that started at, at um, St. Gerald's, and I could see that people were getting to the end of Alpha, and they had formed this. Community mm-hmm. at our table, and it was like, we have to end. Yeah, so now, I, now what? Yeah, now what? And so I talked to Father Mark, and he said, sure you can try your idea of of this small group for for these adults and that's where it was four years ago this month and th- these groups are still going and, and now we have 16 that will soon be in affected st gerald's plus the wow. 17th one
0: of our original group wow wait so it started with one mm-hmm. you're now at 16 17 mm-hmm. over how many years the first group it's been six
1: years and we stayed, stayed together. Yeah, and uh, the other groups at St. Gerald started four years ago, and those are it's grown from three groups to si- sixteen now. But um, wow. those original groups were still meeting with four years later. Yeah, and people want to come back. I don't see any hasn't you know it's like <laughs> I kind of laugh. I don't, I don't know when this, you know, this is,
0: we could be doing this in, in, from a nursing home. I don't know how this is going to work. you <laughs> like, reserve the community room again. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow.
1: So I, and I applied the same principles that I kind of developed in those small groups to this
0: setting. Mary, would you talk a little bit about just, you know, we don't have to do this exhaustively, but what are some of the principles? I mean, as you were talking, I was hearing acts 242 right the early christian community devotes itself to the apostles teaching to the breaking of the bread to the prayers and i think the surpriser for many people is to fellowship and it's like oftentimes that is the authentically missing ingredient. that when you do then the teaching starts to stick then the prayers seem to have effect that you know then then the mass and, and our liturgical celebrations come alive. But fellowship is often what's uh often what's missing. What are some of the principles that kind of guide the way you think about and form these Nazareth groups? Okay, hey, well, one of the
1: guiding principles is is the concept I heard once at a talk from a healing conference actually, and it was that people are dying to be seen, known, and loved. Yeah. And I thought that's Nazareth, because it was brewing. You know, we've been doing the groups, but when they said that, it's like that is it. And not to look at this from an, the negative, but um, I've been in a lot of groups where we do it for a while, and then it ends, or it's, mm-hmm. it's meant to be a, a four-week program. Or, but I noticed, and I, I was noticing things in in other churches because I had seen, you know, I'd seen people, friends, move on to other non-denominational churches and as a teacher too I was looking at why are they doing this what is it that they're finding and it's fellowship yeah. yes it is truly fellowship I, and I looked and it's not it's not rocket science you know it it, it involved so Nazareth involves the meal it involves everybody kind of chipping in the philosophy was that there's no real leader where you're mm-hmm. imparting truth or scripture necessarily but that everybody takes ownership of this group mm-hmm. and so everybody just like chips uh, in, and, and everybody can develop a very simple evening schedule so that I can ask anyone in the group. I hand it off on a sheet of paper, and they they can follow along and lead. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Um, what are those principles? Um, oh, the, another thing is that the person the person is the gift. The person mm-hmm. is who God is delighted in. Because I think very often when I go to when I've gone to groups over the years, I go somewhat invisible. And I Mm -hmm. want to learn something. I want to learn the gospel of John or something. And Mm -hmm. I do learn it. And I do sometimes it's almost accidental or... Happenstance that I might meet a, a girlfriend in there, and we might go out for coffee. But it's mm-hmm. it was kind of a it hit and miss again. And I was also in in a prayer group type setting, which again they all serve a purpose. And on our journeys, I think every everything is a is a good stop off place, you might say, uh, as God leads. But I also noticed that sometimes we'd be praying, and it felt a little bit like you know, if Judy didn't make Judy didn't dropped out of the group, mm-hmm. well, we'd get Stephanie instead. But she's, And she's going to do the praying in her place. It was kind of like we were generating prayer power, which there is. There is such a thing as that. But it also kind of made, even in a very spiritual, quote, loving group, um, the person became somewhat interchangeable. Mm -hmm. There's a, it's, it's very subtle. And I thought, no, 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 no. What we want to do as a group is all of us for a moment. And that, and that cuts into the format of Nazareth for a moment, that person is listened to his heart, his soul, his, his quirks or her quirks, her, Mm -hmm. her funny things, her touching moments are the very stuff of what God uses. And I found that my goal with the kids years ago was that they would realize that we don't have to clean up our lives first. And I found that a lot with high school kids. They felt like they were unworthy in a sense to, I think, know God. Or they didn't, Mm -hmm. that's why they rejected him. And and what I wanted to bring, and I'm trying to, and that happens with the Nazareth groups, is it's that very stuff, that very messiness that God enters into. And as I taught high school, I noticed kids would leave the classroom at the end of the semester and say, I never knew God before. But now I do. And I wasn't preaching like I did in the other class. They were experiencing that God loves me and my messiness. And that's what we try to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good.
1: You know, at the same time, we can each person can be as light, you might say, Mm -hmm. or as, you know, um, vulnerable as they want to be. It gives that latitude too.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I think you're clarifying. It's not like if somebody's listening, it isn't, right, a kind of forced, counseling session okay yeah. everybody talk about your child wound right, yeah, right. now but yeah. just being listened to however deeply you want to share makes an impression yes
1: yes every single person is just as valuable as the other person because sometimes yes. there's a tier program even within the spiritual life or the parish life it's um and I noticed that with high school kids, you know that there were certain people that were popular, and then there was the kid who was just getting all F's. Really, and... you
0: experienced that in high school, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? I thought it was just me.
1: Yeah, mm. but I, I, it sort of this this format leveled the playing field. Where by the end of the semester, I could see that that kid with all F's mm-hmm. was admired by the football player. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 I wanted that to happen within groups. In other words, I wanted Nazareth groups to be for everyone, that everyone was just as important as the person next to them in terms of
0: their life. Yeah. So, Sean, I mean, we've been kind of deep diving, I think, into the experience and the principles. Give us just like a quick overview, you know, start the clock at 730. What happens at a Nazareth group? Just give us like kind of a quick rundown. What, what does an evening look like
2: okay so it, it uh it, and it can be during the day by the way but generally it's evening so uh it will start at about six fifteen, and people come there and we we gather and meet and then we uh you know people are bringing in all the food so we put it on the dining room table and then we um say a prayer and then we eat and so the first next half hour or so we 20 minutes we just eat and talk one of the things about nazareth is you never go hungry it's a good way to gain weight if you're trying to nice. do that.
0: For all those who are trying to gain weight, we finally found a way you can do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's really kind of the ministry. We're trying to get people to get as fat as they possibly can. <laughs> but then after that, we have this uh, check-in. Um, what the, the communication in the answer generally is we'll have some just sort of sort of free discussion at the beginning and that discussion, but just talking with each other at the beginning. And then w- when we do dessert, but most of Nazareth has around robin format. So we do mm-hmm. this check-in where from one to 10, how are you doing and why? And, and you, you, the leader, the facilitator starts one says, you know, okay, like John, why don't you start and we'll go clockwise. And then mm-hmm. each person will check in and say how they're doing. We found that when people, as the groups get to know each other more, the check-in Tends to take longer because people are just freer to talk. Yeah. The the gift of the round robin format is you might have, like we have, a, I'll call him Bob, a, a gentleman who's really, really quiet kind of guy. And you can just see how over the years he's, he's talking more and more. Just this last Saturday, we had uh, this gentleman who generally wouldn't say more than maybe three sentences. And he went on it. Not Excessive length, but it was just Mm -hmm. wow, he is really opening up. So, anyway, we'd have the round robin of people checking in, and then the next part of it, which is maybe one of the things that really distinguishes Nazareth, is we have these icebreaker questions and uh, we do round robin with that. And again, somebody picks the question in the group from this book of questions, a thousand and one questions. It might be, you know, what was my uh, family's favorite car and why or it might be have you ever been present when somebody died, it is just mm-hmm. quite a range of, pre- of questions and then uh, we go around the circle again and people. Share and then, uh, and then after that, we're uh, we have a two or three of the icebreakers, then we go into Lexio Divina. So we have three people read the scriptures Mm -hmm. for the one of the scriptures for the next Sunday, then people just say what speaks to them about that. And it's again, it's a round robin format. Finish with some people offer spontaneous prayers, and and then we uh have dessert, and then we uh, and then we uh finish up. There's an opportunity if someone wants to be prayed over by the group, then we can mm. we can do that. Sometimes people take advantage of that, sometimes they don't. So it's something because there can be quite touching moments and then other moments that are really, really funny. We had a couple come where uh, he could like double for Rodney Dangerfield. He is just <laughs> a riot. He's so funny. But after the first Nazareth, he said, oh, I thought this was going to be kind of hoity toity. But he said, actually, this is fun and, and you can just be yourself. It's like, that's it. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, it. That's it's, awesome. it's not just fun, but there's this... You just get to know each other. So spinning off of one thing that Mary was saying about, I've, I've been to many, many church groups and enjoyed them. But like, for instance, you can go to a Bible study and, and you might find out a lot about what people think about the Gospel of John or Matthew or whatever, or Colossians. Yeah. But but you don't necessarily get to know them personally Yes. too yep. well. I found the only way to do that really is to invite them and say, hey, do you wanna go out for breakfast or for coffee?
0: Right, but you have to get in a different context.
2: Exactly, which isn't
0: the end of the world. I mean, it's like great—you right. get, an, you know, more food and another time. But it's a shame that it that it doesn't. There's not a space for that in the typical small group.
2: Exactly. So Nazareth offers that opportunity. It's sort of like—I never thought of it this way, but it's sort of like you're getting together for coffee or for breakfast with somebody, except that it's with a group of people, and there's just a level of sharing. And the icebreakers provide a structure for that to happen. So it's well and on, works well. Yeah.
1: On that note, I just have a, a quote from somebody. In our group. Yeah. It's a cricket. She goes, It's a Christian dinner party and Bible lesson rolled into one. It's only once a month, so it's not a huge time commitment. It's just far enough apart that we all
0: don't want to miss ever. That's great. Now, okay, now I love this, but I just have to state the obvious. This isn't rocket science. I mean, we're talking like it's food, it's like icebreaker discussion questions, it's Lexio Divina, and then it's more food. <laughs> Whoa, have you patented this? <laughs> like, I think you've discovered Christianity. Uh, this is such a, a powerful, again, right? Shout out again to, uh, you know, Father Mark Nolte at St. Gerald's. Nazareth groups are such a powerful tool in in parishes becoming accessible. Like, I love the logo on your website. You know, we'll direct people if, if people want to go. You know nazarethgroups.com. But the logo on the website, I love it. You, you've got a small home inside the church in the in, in the logo. And that's like such a beautiful picture, literally, like a, a physical image of of what you're what you're talking about. in the kind of nerdy, right, parish renewal realm. Many parishes, if they develop a conversion engine, right, a place where people are encountering the Lord in a consistent way and giving themselves to him and, you know, experiencing conversion, oftentimes, you know, you mentioned Alpha, then the question is, well, well, now what? What happens next? Mm -hmm. Nazareth groups are a great place for people after that experience but i know for you all they've also become a a first stop for people in their faith journey when they enter into the community that precedes an experience like an alpha or some sort of conversion retreat can you talk a little bit about how someone who's very new to the faith or to a a parish uh, community gets welcomed into the nazareth groups
2: it's going to be personal invitation basically so like for instance we had this uh little column John. Okay, so we'll say John. Uh, I saw that he, you noticed him because he sat in the front row, and that's kind of, uh, you've forbidden of Catholic yeah, yeah, Church. You knew and,
0: right away he wasn't Catholic, yeah.
2: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so we're heading, he's in front around these parts. So anyway, he. Uh, so one day he sat farther back, and we ended up sitting next to him. And so I, after Mass, they said, um, you know, you're in the wrong seat, you're supposed to be, you know, (laughs) up, up in the front, that's great. And so we started chatting. And he said that he's been, you know, he started returning to church and, and he's been coming, you know, maybe for several months, but he said, I just don't know how to meet people. There just doesn't seem to be any way to do that. And I said, mm-hmm. you have come to the right place. So I invited him to come to the Nazareth group. And when he heard it was just once a month, he said, I don't think that's enough. I I, I think I needed at least twice a month. Well, we run mm-hmm. three Nazareth groups. So we invited him to the, the first Saturday group and then the third Saturday group. So he's been coming ever since. Oh, that's great. Because Nazareth, the emphasis is on the fellowship. There is Lectio Divina, you know, and you're around people who are talking, about Jesus and love Jesus. And you have to have, you have a critical mass of people who are already disciples in some way. But but also we encouraged him to go to Alpha. So he went through Alpha mm-hmm. and he loved that. So it's like you can start out with, with Nazareth. And then what you want to do is, incur, in terms of the formation component, you want to encourage people to be involved in some of the other things that are going on in Paris what? that are specifically formation-oriented. But the idea is it is you have this home base to come to. Right. Yeah, a number of people now and and as with ourselves too. It's like, it's so nice to go to mass and you see people, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you because you know them already. Yeah, I mean, there's a sense of fellowship.
0: Well, and more and more as our parishes get larger, the ability to find a group of people that you know. Uh, is is harder, and this this provides a bridge to the to feeling a part of the larger community because you have a mm-hmm. small home base that you can connect with.
1: Yes, and and just in, in uh, adding for uh, another sentence to Sean's, um, this this John will say then um, came up to us and said, you know, because we can be. Become a leader or a helper of a group. And she he said, I'm I'm joined a third Nazareth group and I'm a helper. And he mm-hmm. said, My dream is to somehow fix up my basement someday and get some furniture maybe from St. Vincent's in half and lead a, a, a Nazareth group. Yeah. So it's beautiful to see this before our very eyes, sort of.
0: <laughs> let's dive into that because I think, I mean, we just kind of said it in passing, but the the groups have gone 16, 17 groups. It's really grown. Tell us a little bit. So many of our listeners, you know, formally or in informally are part of, you know, parish leadership—they're just—they're helping to build Christian communities. Tell us, how did you find and form leaders? How did you commission them to lead their own groups?
1: The the model that we try to use, which is our first choice, you might say, is now. Sean and I uh, originally took our alpha group that wanted to stay together, mm-hmm. and we used you know, use them as our first Nazareth group to see how it would work, and it worked well. And so out of that, then we saw two people in that group that were, we thought might might help us expand this. So we went up to them and said, Hey, would you think about starting a group? And uh, they said they'd pray about it or whatever. And, and about two more nudges. And they said, sure. So they stay in their home group, our group, mm-hmm. but then they also lead Another group. Okay. And so they're they're seeing it modeled. They've already been in a group where they're learning the format. It's very simple. I call it a, a cheat sheet. Um, I also have a handbook, 36-page handbook that explains kind of like what we're talking about here, the philosophy right. and the and what is trying to do that's slightly different than a, a formation small group, you might say, or. yeah. So so anyways, um, that's that's the ideal way. After they've been in their home group for six months, they're, they're welcome to start stay in their home group and start another one, but they have two then a month. Okay.
0: Again, this is not rocket science, right? I mean, they, just, they have to experience it. Yes, there's a handbook, but like, yeah, come experience it and then do it.
2: Yeah. So it, it certainly ties in, dovetails nicely with the kind of idea of multiplication, you know? Yes. That you have a group and then that spawns more groups and more groups and more groups. And part of the quality is when you invite people to to consider being a leader you know it just you want to be discerning about does this person you know they have to be able to be a good listener they have to have mm-hmm. you know a, a pleasant enough personality that people would want to be in <laughs> in their group they have to have kind of a gift but not kind of they have to have a gift of hospitality because so much of Nazareth is about when people they, they, that they're really welcome yeah
0: well let's talk about the hospitality because I'm I, I'm thinking knowing myself, others right S- still I think for some people holiday hosting may still be in their minds. How do you avoid getting overwhelmed with all the hosting?
1: that's that's kind of built into is that in the beginning we we have a facilitator or a leader and then a helper who basically just uh, you know is there kind of like with alpha if you're familiar with alpha there Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, not everybody listening. Though, but oh, but um, yeah, they're
0: like a helper. Yeah, they're they're, assistant. they're okay.
1: just a helper. Yeah. Sort of thing. And they don't have too many duties. And uh, and then there's a home host. And so you like Sean and I oh, okay. go to a couple's house who's doing the home hosting. They're the ones who get the table, you know, put put the the uh, placemats out or whatever right? and get the house ready and they serve the beverages and that's all they have to do so we come and we lead and the helper shows up so we divide up the tasks now we yeah. do our original group we do all three you know where we hope so you it's sure. possible to do it that way but but we've the the model is that someone else hosts somebody yes. else leads
0: it's, it's genius Yeah. And I'm imagining there's a, there's a, have you thought of a patent? No, but I mean, it it makes, it just makes sense. Sometimes there are people with very particular charisms, right. For, or just a home that, Mm, that, that is well suited to that. And that leaves the leaders of the group free to not be worrying about napkins and, and to, to attend to the people uh, coming in right
2: absolutely we And have, we have a couple who uh tremendous gift of hospitality uh in and, the and they bought a, a rather large house and i think part of the reason they bought a rather large house because their empty nest well they have one daughter who's still at home but uh, was so that they could host things mm-hmm. Like this, so you go. It is ideal, and then they just really they go. They always go all out. It's just really beautiful. Very, very. It's it's ideal. It's just a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful house. So yeah,
1: and yeah. and and also with this original two people that we had contacted to lead a group. They they did, and then now they're each doing four groups. They they love it. It's like <laughs> wow, because each group, they say but i have got the time now, and I, I love it. So. Um, because each group takes on its own personality and the questions, yeah are, everybody picks different questions. So it's never like, Oh, we're doing this, you know, for the sixth time in a row. And it's kind of a repetitive feeling right. when you're leading, it's always fresh and new because of the new group of people and their new stories and thoughts. And then they're also picking different questions. So it, they, they love doing four groups. And also, um, with the hosting, for example, built in is this it's six month guys well, for six month commitment, which is just six times. But every, sure. over the four years at six months, I ask people and they go, oh, no, 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 no. We love hosting you know? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm
0: tickles, you know, so nobody has really um,
2: Stop stopped hosting or yeah. stopped
0: leading. So it, it well, it sounds to me like there's kind of a dark side to Nasrith groups and that there seems to be an addictive quality. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? Like, you know, pe- people start and they can't seem to stop.
2: Well, we, we do yeah, put certain really. substances into the beverages that <laughs> yeah. might have you know, just yeah. to make it a little Gosh. more fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, this is great. And, and even I just want to highlight that, Mary, you said even at the hosting level. So it's not just participants mm-hmm. that are coming back. It's not just the leaders, but even the people who have the most labor, if you will, love it and don't want to give up mm-hmm. that role. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Because some people I think do have that gift for hospitality and they get a chance to use it.
0: Maybe as we kind of transition here, you know, to some kind of final thoughts and practical, it seems to me a lot of times movements like this start and then fizzle. And maybe that's not a fair way to say it because it's maybe other small groups, uh, other attempts at community start and fizzle. What do you think is the secret recipe for Nazareth groups? If, If you had to kind of, encapsulate it what's the secret
1: I think one of the things is it's it's set up as Sean said it's all very simple but it's just a matter of sort of putting it together people actually want to come you know it's like well the one said it's like coming to Christmas and some some family reunion family reunion or something all in one you know it's like it's not sometimes you know when I sign up over the years to do something um, spiritually minded. And I get a lot out of it and I enjoy it, but sometimes it can kind of feel like a one more thing on my schedule that night. And it's like, Oh, yeah. but this way it's one, it's only once a month. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of um, it's, it's not so burdensome. It's not a burdensome feel. I mm-hmm. feel like that's one of the things I was kind of working, uh, thinking about as I developed this is that, Sometimes when people get into church including myself it's like it sort of feels like a checklist when you you know you're you're trying to get through yeah. all of the things that you're supposed to do to get to this place that they're talking about and yeah. and this makes it just happen and there's no prep there's no prep for the guests. Mm-hmm. There's no prep mm-hmm. for the leaders. And yet it's it's very life giving. Mm-hmm. So why, why it works, I mm-hmm. think it's it's actually meeting the need of the human heart. And also it's person oriented. Mm-hmm. The person becomes well, the light that Jesus is shining. You know, this is at, at, like at his baptism. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. I, I want they begin to see that in themselves. And the mission, in a sense, grows and flows out of that. Yeah, that I am. I am loved by these people, and there's a format. Also, there's a there's boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes I've been in groups where one person monopolizes the conversation, and I I feel like I'm getting choked or something. You know, it's like, and and even as a leader, like, how do I manage that? And then somebody else isn't talking at all, Mm -hmm. and this. This is already built in that there's some enough no, no. boundaries to keep it from going south, you might say.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to jump in with. Okay. um Yeah, I think that the lack of that you don't have to pr- prepare except for the home host is really it's really nice. And there's certainly a sense of, of the Lord being there, but it's there's there's a pretty light quality to it uh, that's just uh, it's just enjoyable well
0: it sounds like it's just easy and fun yeah
2: Yeah, it really really is mm -hmm. yeah
0: and
1: yet it's also you know there'll be tears too at times you know someone Mm -hmm. will be touched by by something they're sharing and and so it just it just has enough of those different kinds of experiences that it's it's not it's not too light where it's like i'm kind of sort of feeling like maybe i'm wasting my time it's on different levels yeah,
2: yeah one of the one of the things that contributes that i just was just thinking is that so you can have different pe- you keep passing the book around. So different people choose the icebreakers. And that's one of the ways you get to know, speaking as a, as a psychologist, like the individual differences, because someone mm-hmm. will pick a question and sometimes they'll pick it. And I'm like, oh, geez, that's not going to work very well at all. Well, one of them was, have you ever been present when somebody died? And I'm like, oh, geez, that sounds pretty heavy. And that was powerful. And then somebody else might choose a very different question that will, again, you'll think, oh, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. And mm-hmm. it'll, it turn out well. And in a way, once you get, once the group gels and you get to know each other, you could probably ask, you know, what do you think of those tiny things they have at the ends of shoelaces, you know, And <laughs> <the word> of, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: and it would probably end up being, you know, kind of life-giving work. and entertaining because yeah. it's just a group that really cares about each other and enjoys being with each other.
1: And also anybody can participate. That's one thing that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful. Like you mentioned the one fellow who, who just only said a few words um, seemed really self-conscious. And, and what we find is that anybody can be in a Nazareth group and, or you could be a very intel, you know, very learned person with a lot of theology or whatever, um, or a lot of maturity in their faith. And They can be side by side all within this mixed group and Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody, it works for everybody, it seems, you know, and that's beautiful because my vision, my dream would be that the larger parishes, you know, the the motto is find a home in the church. Wouldn't it be beautiful to have a parish where everybody in a sense was in a group of 10 where they felt there was a home? Mm-hmm. And then they could meet on Sundays and it's like, whoo. so that's, that is almost like a mosaic mm-hmm. taking the parish and creating a mosaic and eat and a light shines through each piece of glass. Each group is, is, is alive in there yeah. with their own, their own, um, because each person in there is important.
0: You know, you, you've both made this sound so attractive as you tell the story and just give, give anecdotes for, for those who are listening. Okay. Okay. I'm sold. What's, what's the first step if somebody wants to cultivate a, a Christian community like this, and maybe even particularly uh, a Nazareth group? What's their first step? I would say go to our website. Which is nazarethgroups.com. Yes. And
1: there you can um, look it over again. And then we have a couple videos there that you can see more clearly what a group might look like. And then there you can sign up at, on the website. And then that will be filtered even either to somebody at St. Gerald's, if you're in that parish, or if it's another parish, I'm um, keeping track and trying to bring this
0: to other parishes. Fantastic. So first stop, nazarethgroups.com. There you can mm-hmm. sign up. You can find out more information and find out about how, at least some first steps to, to bring it to your own parish. Yes.
2: And there's a leadership training format yes. that that periodically when we have enough people interested in in starting a a Nazareth group, then they'll gather and then they'll be led through, you know, kind of the do's and don'ts and just how, how it works, how to facilitate well and emphasizing it's, you know, the round robin and not to be counseling each other or you know can't <laughs> yes. get yeah. into yeah. that kind of thing right yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah we do have another principle is no crosstalk when somebody shares just let it be and we go to the next person right. and uh so it stops people from uh, F- fixing their, offering, their, yeah, their fixing neighbor's their problems right. exactly exactly <laughs> right. when yeah. i can't fix my own i can fix yours though right. um yeah. sort of thing so so yeah there there's a leadership training that's one evening and then also we have a small group where we get your group together if you have it already in place like your alpha table, and or um, if you get enough few people together from a parish that are interested in starting mm-hmm. one, and I or, or one of the core team we have a, a core team of about five people that would come in and and facilitate the first night. Then mm-hmm. when they they do their first evening themselves or, or group gathering, uh, one of the core team will will be present. And then they can give encouragement and feedback or anything they want. And then they're on their own. And the first six months plan is that I or or one of the people would call and check in and see how their group is going for
0: six months. So, wow, fantastic. So there's a lot of support. This is not I mean, if someone is interested, there's a handbook and a guide and some training and support to really be able to start this Mm -hmm. off well. Mm-hmm. Sean, Mary, thank you. Thank you for your service to the church. Thanks for being with us today to, to share, share your story. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. You're thank welcome. you. My pleasure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, if you've enjoyed uh today's episode, wait, you know, if you're driving, don't do this right away. But like share this out with somebody. If you I guarantee you know someone who loves the church, who's part of a larger parish or Christian community, who who's hungering for something just like this. So I encourage you, share this out with your friends. Again, Sean and Mary, thanks Thanks for being with us and thanks for listening, everybody.